I am like a high performance based thinker. Like there's no other outcome other than I'm going to pin it to the wall and I'm going to go and that's the direction burn the ships. I'm going for success. That's the only option here in that path. Um, investing in ourselves and masterminds, building those relationships and enabled us to say, Hey, uh, there's more than, than what we could do here. Hey there. I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the know your why podcast where we explore the why behind success. Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors, and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why? Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Brett Riggins. Brett is a 20-year veteran of the real estate business whose passion is helping people connect with the life they want, the founder of Connect Home Buyers and Physician Wealth Systems. He's shepherded more than $20 million in transactions in the last decade. Um, Brett, I'm going to stop there because I want, I want to give you the chance to tell your story. But first, let me just say thank you for taking the time out. Thank you for coming on the show today. Um, I, appreciate, I appreciate you being here. Man, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for your time and uh, for the listeners' time today, too. And hopefully we can shed some uh, value through the wonderful journey of our experiences together. So, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, tell us your story. Tell us your background, kind of how you got into real estate, and then we'll, we'll go and dive in from there. Yeah. Um, I, always, I love this park, so I don't know where to start. All the way back when I was just a little kid, uh, my parents built a house. Uh, I, th I think they started building when I was seven and um, what I remember of it, it's like it never actually finished. It went on <laughs> for like seven years and never Sounds actually right. finished. But the down the downfall of that was they actually lost it and had to sell it in a short sale. So from that, it, it kind of pushed us into, you know, from one rental to another. Uh, and uh, that's kind of that was my beginning uh, path in real estate. Um, but from then, somehow I, I had this passion in construction and architectural design. I love drawing. And that pushed me. That's what I went to school for. Um, ultimately, coming out with a design build, uh, family-owned design build company. That was a wonderful journey. So grateful for that. And then quickly launched into my own design build company and into real estate investment. Uh, I bought my first house. Boy, it was like 07, I think. Uh, so that was a wonderful journey. I learned so much about what not to do uh, through that process. And um, then fast forward, as my wife and I went full time into real estate investing, we flipped houses. We were doing about six at a time. And um, in order to do that, we had to leverage private capital. And we started building relationships with uh, physicians specifically. And uh, that gave us the opportunity to learn a little bit more where we could bring value to high income earners, to physicians, uh, with the idea that we could plug them into our real estate acquisition uh, processes and systems. And from that uh, was born a company called Physician Wealth Systems. And that's where we're at today. We're, we're highly focused in on building the business side of real estate investment. Okay. So you said that your, your parents had a, a short sale on the house they were building. And, and I was going to ask you, was that right around, you know, 2008, but it sounds like maybe it was before that if you were then uh, you kind of in your own business at two, in 2007. Yeah, no, no, this was a long, long time ago. This was, um, let's see, I was 
probably around 14. So it was, uh, 94. Yeah. 94, somewhere around there. So it was quite a while okay. ago. It's crazy when we look back, you know, you get to a certain point, how old you are. Somebody asks you how old you are and you got to think about it. Then I always laugh because my older brother would tell me about, um, somebody would ask my grandfather how old he was. He's like, well, I was born in, you know, so-and-so year you do the math, you know, to him, it didn't matter. But you get to this yeah. point, and it's like, okay, I've really got to think about this. But then when you look back to when you've been focused on something, and then you lift your head up, and you're like, holy cow, it's been that long already. It's just right. fascinating how, how time flies, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's really true. I think it's, um, you know, you, you I think it's, it's really kind of a funny thing to think about. But you feel sometimes you feel like, oh, I was, you know, whatever I was, I was, 15 five years ago and like no that was that was a long time ago you know things like that they just feel like <laughs> things that happened at different ages feel like they were um really not that long ago and mm -hmm. but it, it's funny to you know you think about you know as as much has happened in your life up to this point and then you're like well i guess i got a lot of like i guess i hopefully got a lot of time to continue sort of building growing you know experiencing life for the next however many decades. So it, it's an interesting oh, yeah, absolutely. thing to, to really dive into on, on time. But so, so you had that experience with parents house and then, um, you, despite that decided to go into real estate. And I think, uh, some, sometimes I feel it's one or the other. Some people are like, oh no, I remember when my parents or my, you know, uncle or whatever, someone owned some, some piece of real estate that didn't go well. And they're like, I won't touch it. But then, mm -hmm. um, you know, some people think, well, okay, let's, let's learn from that and, and go on. When, when you started, uh, with your design and build, this was after college, I'm assuming, um, you started yeah, working yeah. in that design before, and build space. Before that path on that journey, um, you know, I, I, I was a licensed general contractor. I was doing that on and off. I just, I really loved the hands-on piece and learning that hands-on piece and really, uh, to be honest with Jason, I didn't know any different. Like I grew up where that's all there was. Like you, you went out and you did something, you went out and you got a paycheck, right? That's, that's what you did. There was the entrepreneur aspect, the separation of time and money. Yeah. I mean, there was just none of that around me in a real estate ownership as an investment. It was just nobody around me, uh, ever did anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely is something that, um, you know, kind of exposure really changes your perspective on it being in it somehow, whether that's, you know, kind of going out, like say, getting that job or, you know, knowing someone who's entrepreneurial or owns real estate or whatever the case may be. But so you moved from kind of that into flipping houses. Um, you, you're in Charlotte, is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, and so when did you start flipping houses and I'm assuming that was in Charlotte or, or, um, was that somewhere else? Yeah, I, I lived my whole life in Southwest Michigan and, um, it's funny. We went right before COVID. We actually went virtual. I onboarded my first virtual, uh, employee right before COVID. Uh, but that big, that was right when we were pushing to go nationwide. So we're actually doing this nationwide. But we, was, we started in uh, southwest Michigan and um, a few counties there, and we kind of quickly grew. But one of the big markets that we 
we jumped into was um, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So we were doing that virtually, you know, for the first two or three years. And then we ended up saying, hey, my everybody's completely virtual now. So my wife and I, you know, we love this area. We wanted to get, you know, warmer climate. And um, we can literally, I can, with a backpack, I can go anywhere in the world and do what I'm doing. It's fascinating. Um, now, granted, when I get squeezed to a little laptop, I don't like it. I'm not happy. But, you know, as I'm sitting here now, I've got, you know, 232s in front of me, the full setup, a desk that moves up and down, you know, uh, I'm happy right. with that. But the thing is, we could go anywhere in the world. And um, my wife homeschools our children. So we can really just, I mean, we have that, you know, one of the freedoms that we all talk about, location freedom. We can, besides the dog and the pool, I mean, we, we, we can just do whatever we want to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nice to have that um, sort of independence, in, independent of location. But talk a little bit about the growth of your business. So, you know, sort of moving from, you know, that local in Michigan to, to going out to being able to be nationwide and virtual and everything. I think that's a, um, the, the way that people scale the, the importance of scale and how that process happens, I think helps people in, in developing their own businesses. Yeah. And it's fascinating. And there are so many more people well more versed at this than I am. I can speak from my, my passions, my drive, and kind of like those stumbling blocks along the way. I, I am like a high performance based thinker. Like there's no other outcome other than I'm going to pin it to the wall and I'm going to go and that's the direction burn the ships. I'm going for success. That's the only option here in that path. Um, investing in ourselves and masterminds, building those relationships and enabled us to say, Hey, uh, there's more than than what we could do here. When we first started investing, it was you know say stay in your backyard, stay there, don't don't you know don't go outside of there. But it just really wasn't working for me and what we wanted to do. Um, we were able to leverage uh, you know different marketing techniques in order to then test and measure and turn around these you know bubbles of capital. Um, and it was just it's a learning process, too, because the people part was probably the most difficult, especially in the direct to seller um, single family acquisition world. It was just tough. Um, there was a lot of turnover, uh, you know, and it's just it's not a spot of consistent pace. It was hard to get consistent uh, people in those positions. At one time, we had 13 employees. We were spending six figures a month in marketing. I know a lot of my colleagues do way more than that, and they do more than that now. But that was a big thing, um, you know, for us. And, you know, we had W-2 employees, which looking back was just horrendous because we had them in multiple states. Um, it was it was really difficult. But even at that time, so we were like three or four million in uh, right kind of like at the peak, three or four million in, in revenue. And our gross profit was right around one point three. Um, and that was just chaos, man. It was chaos. And at the end of the day, what we actually walked away with, you step back and think, is this actually worth it? And the funny thing, Jason, is I came from uh, that design build company that I started with. It was awesome. I was invited to be on the management team. One of the first um, books they asked me to read uh, was Traction by Gina Wickman. And wow, what a beautiful start um, opportunity to start with something like that. 
and then good to great. I mean, it was just, it was just awesome opportunity. But in that, I just watched this machine. And at the time, I think the company had 23 employees, what it cost to feed this machine, that overhead. Mm -hmm. And I just kept asking, like at the end of the one year, it was like there was a profit of $100,000. And I'm just thinking, why, are, you know, why are we putting millions of dollars through this machine to make $100,000? It just didn't, it doesn't make sense to me. So always watching that and understanding, like as you scale or why the why matters the most, um, you know, is does this align with where I want to be in five years? Because we have to enjoy the process um, as, as we're shooting for those goals. And when you get in those situations where you're creating a machine that kills you and in, in my world in the physicians, um, you know, you, you, you're partnering, you're, you're going, you're taking cases, but you're consistently building this thing that's, that's requiring your time and just crushing you. So really stepping back and say, okay, what now? Because now, man, I've got no employees. Uh, my wife and I are the only employees of our S Corp. Uh, and I've never been happier. I mean, we're so streamlined. We're, uh, you know, automations, integrations, we're focused and, you know, we're paired back and making more money now. Revenue is much smaller, but we're making more money. So just being focused on that. One of the things I, I bumped in one of my colleagues and he's done some, some very well, he's, he's scaled very well in the, in the real estate acquisition world in the education platform and in the investment platform. And I remember a conversation with him is scaling one brick at a time, uh, making sure that that first brick that you put in place, you've got it down. And um, another person I bumped in a long way is Perry Marshall. And he, he called it the bionic sausage machine, making sure that this thing, you know what you're putting in, you know what it's getting out. Once you've got that brick, boom, I'm going to move. I'm going to set another brick here. And I'm just going to keep building the company companies based off of that. Yeah. Really, some really great points, and I think that the scale thing gets so um, uh, you know hyped, whatever it is, you know. And and I think to some extent, you scale scale means different things, right? Scale being able to do um, large volume versus sometimes large volume, as you kind of alluded to, large volume doesn't necessarily mean you're making more profit. It it means more work is happening, more things are happening, but it doesn't necessarily remain, mean you're making more profit. So it, at the end of the day, doing more volume to end up with, you know, the same amount of money you could have if you're running lean, it doesn't necessarily make sense. So I think re really great to point that out. You did mention, you know, sort of you were, you were at this point of, you know, sort of the height of it and you had um, a number of employees and now you don't have any. So is that do, do you mean you don't have anyone that's a w2 employee or or you're just strictly focused on this your business as uh, you know a marketing space like how how are you functioning at this point with with nobody else happily yeah right. <laughs> happily no, no one um, and it's yeah. that's yeah that's also a funny thing too because you go through this and you know i didn't get my master's in business i don't even know if they teach you this stuff as a master's in business building the business in um, w2 versus independent contractor and the, the the law requirements and like there's so much of the hr stuff when you're just a little mm. guy really it's like man i don't because we goosebumps think i don't want to deal with that stuff i don't want to learn it i'm i know where i'm at i know 
I know I'm here to, to uh, take care of people, take and work honestly with people. So that's just, that's a tough part for me. And it's always, you know, in these conversations, you've got this person who may be talking the loudest saying, oh no, don't do W2. And then this other person starts talking louder of do independent contractor. And, um, you know, when it, the way that it is now, uh, we're not doing, we're, we're partnered with people. Right. My my vert I'm not uh, vertically integrated on things that require people, if that makes sense. So um, and when I say our partner team, my property management team is a vertical. I don't want anything to do with that. I'm fine paying 10 percent. I've built a great relationship with the owner and uh, it's just it's an awesome uh, exchange of value. They do what's they keep the main thing, the main thing. We keep the main thing, the main thing. Um, our consult, our, our construction team. I don't want anything to do with construction, man. Every time I've got a project now where I'm managing construction, it's just, it's not, I don't like it. And that's where, that's where I came from, you know, but that requires people. And maybe it's, maybe it's something that, um, uh, a skill that I need to prove, or, uh, it's just a weakness for me. I don't know. I just, it's a lot less stress when I'm, I've got teams that manage, okay, this payment's in, okay, that work's done. Here's the pictures, right? I can automate all of this stuff. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, those resources allow me to, to limit the people, the actual people required to do the things we're doing. Uh, the, the one um, person that works closely with me is, is like more of a partner on the acquisition side. And he's a, he's a contractor. I pay his investment company. Um, and he's, he does, he works whenever he wants. Um, you know, there's no set hours, so I, there's no way possible to hit this, that he's an employee at all. Uh, it's more of a, a partnership of our investment companies. Um, and then the, the admin side, Jason, man, I've got a great partnership with, um, a, a VA company that, that I've grown with through the years and they're based in Pakistan. And, uh, I've just done a lot of growing with them development side. Everybody knows Upwork and Fiverr for those pieces because I'll throw my ad hoc stuff out there for um, development. Like right now, looking at a prop tech kind of way of we're aggregating data from the MLS. It's coming into our database. We're filtering it and I've got it now to where it's popping out into my user interface five to eight properties a day. And my my acquisition guy is making five offers a day on these properties. Oh, wow. so. Wow remove the situations that require the people or more leverage the relationships in the situations that require people and enabled us to simplify. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot to be said for that. Like, again, you go back to that sort of hyped up version of scale and, and it's really your people don't, people have to look at what, what they want their life to look like. And, you know, I think you talked, you talked a bit to, to this with the speaking about, you know, physicians and how um, so many people get into this hamster wheel of, you know, this is how it has to be. And I have to see X amount of patients and whatever the case may be. Um, and same thing on the real estate state side. It's like, if you're flipping houses, it's like, oh, I have to, you know, it's like, so many people I've talked to on the podcast, even it's like, oh, first year I flipped one house. And then I, then the next year I flipped 10 houses and then I flipped a hundred and it's like, there's something that that's, you know, your stress level, your level of involvement, the time it takes to 
get to that point, especially while you're scaling is going to be, you know, a tremendous amount of output personally. And then you have, you have to essentially decide like, am I going to continue that? And, you know, we're talking about gross revenue versus profit. Well, if you're going to continue that, it's probably not sustainable for you to do it by yourself. So now you're, you've, you've increased this business level, but now you've got to hire people to put into those positions to keep that business going and the growth going. And it's, it is an interesting question as to like, what is the, <laughs> what is the right balance of that? And it, and it's, it, I think it's, it's really just a personal question, right? Like someone who I think like thrive off of that the growth itself and, and love kind of seeing things get bigger, but um, it doesn't necessarily, if your goal is to be, you know, sort of passive or be working that, you know, four hour work week or that, that kind of thing, it's probably not going to happen if you're doing, you know, if you're, if you're having a progressively larger and larger company. So it's yeah. just an interesting um, perspective on it. And I, I think it's, it's really cool to hear that, you know, you, you, you went bigger and, and then decided, you know, this, this for us, for how our life looks, we, you know, we want to, we want to scale that back. So um, I think it's very, very interesting. How, how long did it take to decide that? Like, how long did you, you know, kind of go do the growth trajectory and then decide let's, let, we don't like this, let's kind of dial it back in? Um, I think six months leading into the one year and the one year of full force to the wall was, uh, yeah, it was clear. Like it, it was clear. And, and again, it's, it's a personal thing. Um, I know looking back, uh, if, if I were to stay in that scenario, the difference, the different decisions, um, that I could have made to maybe made it more enjoyable, but at the same time, man, I, I get asked this all the time. I mean, I'm, I am wealthy. Like I, I am, I am wealthy because I, uh, want everything I have. And in this situation is I'm talking to you. I'm at home. I'm in the Carolinas. I look out the, the window. I see palm trees, you know, growing up in Michigan, that's something, you know, in and of itself yeah. is, is magical. <laughs> I don't, I literally, my day is I go to the gym in the morning and I've got t-shirts and, uh, like jogging pants, like, that's different from me in the push and the drive was I was, you know, dressing nice. I was leading by example, all this kind of stuff. And now I'm comfortable and I'm happy and I'm, I'm understanding, Hey, where we're at, this is, this is where I want to be. You know, get me wrong. I was talking about this yesterday on a radio show is like, I am content, but I'm not complacent. These verticals that we're building, um, I'm building them to sell, you know, and I'm building them with the idea that they could sell right now. They are helping my clients and they're helping me and my family because we're as we push volume through these things. Hey, this could do. Hey, we could do this and tweak this. Hey, we could automate this. And it's it's just awesome opportunity. But the the thing that I think we're scaling now is the relationships. And I think that's so beautiful and being able to give so much value um, without any expectation of getting anything back. That's just a whole different place for me personally um, when we're. I guess comparing that to scaling a business, I'm scaling myself at this point. Yeah, yeah. It um, I, I really just find it very fascinating, and I think your 
I guess the, the word that comes to mind is leverage. You're, you're, you know, using leverage to scale with, with, like you said, the relationships, um, partnerships, that kind of thing, but also technology. So what, you know, what can we get technology to do for us that we didn't, you know, that we had to do before. Um, right. and then, and then really, I think kind of digging in on those pieces and as you said, you know, eventually being able to sell them to other people, you know, however, and I think that's, that is one of the, the, the I guess what, what people would, the counter argument to, you know, not scaling your company to a huge number because some people are looking for at what that exit's going to be, right? So they're, they're scaling and, and, and creating this, this large company so that then they can sell the whole thing to, you know, an institutional buyer or something like that. So it's just, but, it, but again, it just comes down to what do you, what do you want your own life to look like? What, how do you want that? Um, it's funny that you mentioned palm trees. I'm, I'm from Boston. And so <laughs> I now mm -hmm. live in Los Angeles and my wife's from, from Charlotte actually. And so she, when I first moved down to Charlotte, that's, we met there and it was like, there's palm trees here. Like I had, I don't think I'd ever <laughs> seen a palm tree. And now yeah. it's like, they're all, I, they're all over my neighborhood. Like they're just palm yeah. trees everywhere. And I'm like, this is a, yeah. a funny, a funny thing to like, just sometimes sit up and, and look around you at, you know, kind of what, what life looks like at this point. And it, it it's, it's a fun ride for sure. Yep. Yeah. You got the tall palm trees out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 My son thinks it's really fun to stand in front of the palm tree and look directly up and uh, <laughs> it, it's like, it's like, take a picture. I'm like, I can't get a picture of you and the palm tree. It's just not possible. <laughs> I don't know that kind of, that kind of lens, but yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, it is an interesting, <laughs> it is an interesting thing that when you grow up in the, in the Northeast and, and, you know, it, just cold Midwest, climates, yeah. you don't see things like that. And so some of that, some of those differences are fun to, fun to, to notice. Yeah. Um, Brett, let me, let me switch gears here. I want to get to ask you the questions I ask every guest. And the first one, is related to the name of the show. So I, I want to talk to you and ask you what your why is, you know, what, what drives you, what kind of, um, moves you forward and, and gets you excited to, to keep going. Love that. And I, um, in the, I think it came through in the, the booking questions a while ago when we booked the show and it's like, it, it I love being asked that cause we talked about it so much and I don't know that I, I know my why, um, which is that good or is that bad? I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I think constant and never ending improvement is something that I, is a magnet that pulls me through. It's, it was instilled in me somehow, somewhere, um, at some point and I was, it was happening, but now, um, the self-realization of it is like, okay, now I'm focused on this. That's my biggest, a magnet that pulls me through stuff and that if you think about it that allows me to be a better person which allows me to be a better husband better father um a better leader understanding um you know compassion empathy all of these things because i'm comparing myself to myself yesterday uh and it's just really important for me to get there because then i know and i said this the other day i love it when i get the person right the portfolio will follow so meaning that my portfolio, whether it's an investment and my relationships, my family, that's so important to me. Um, that's massive. That's massive for me. And the more that I'm learning about myself, the more that I'm 
I'm thankful to God as well, too, uh, for providing these opportunities for me to continue to sharpen me, uh, just continue to make me a better person every single day. Um, and where that is or why that is, I don't know. But that's my why, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I think it's a pretty strong why, actually. I don't, <laughs> you yeah. start by saying you don't, you're not sure what it is, but I think that that does a pretty good um you know, motivating piece. And I, I love that, you know, the, the, the part about, you know, if I, if I get the person right, then the portfolio will follow. I think that's an important, uh, again, another thing, you know, sort of related to growth. I think some people just, you get caught up in the excitement of growth and scale and all of this, and you, you might start to lose yourself or what's, what's really important in life. And it's, it's kind of, um, good to keep that, perspective and that that thought you know top of mind there's you know i don't i don't i don't think there's any real true work-life balance but uh certainly you can get out of balance and it's you can get to that point where it's just work 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 and it's kind of easy to do when you're when you're you know growing and, and trying to um build something. So I think just, just remembering some of those other pieces that you mentioned, I think is, is, is fantastic for people to take, take into account. Um, tell us something about yourself that, uh, isn't common knowledge, special skill, a hobby, anything that you're um, willing to share. looks like maybe you play guitar. Yeah. So I, uh, <laughs> it took me 10 years to get through college and, um, I, I'm not a physician. So <laughs> that 10 years uh, was by choice then at that time. Uh, I stopped for about four years in there and I was, I played music. Like that's all I did. Um, I kind of paid my bills by playing music, I could say. Uh, but that was a passion. I recorded uh, one album. I started on a second album and I still have not finished that album. Uh, but something that was my passion. There's something about music and the way that um, it communicates emotion. And again, that's one of those things where I don't know why I had that that part of my journey. Uh, my parents, nothing, nobody in my family, and nobody ever knew did that. Um, but during that time, and you know, did some things, traveled, played with some people. But the greatest takeaway from all of that, Jason, is that I did not go any further than what I did because I was not ready for anything bigger than what I had at the moment. Um, and that's even with business, you know, I'm so grateful that, you know, 20 years ago, I didn't have what I have now um, because I'm not the person that I am now. I was not that person then, so I couldn't handle it. So I think this is the biggest takeaway for me is through the music journey, being so grateful. Some of the some of God's greatest gifts are the unanswered prayers, to quote the old uh, Garth Brooks there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, I... I... I love music as well. I'm, I'm, I did not do it to the level that, that you did, but, but it, it, I don't know. It's something that, uh, has always been just a, a, you know, kind of a happy place, I guess, for me. Like if, if, if I'm stressed or really like just even just stressed and I'm getting, you know, kind of worked up about something, I, all I gotta do is put on music and it, it changes that for me. It just, it like, it, it's funny. People, uh, I think some people are distracted, but I, it focuses me. If I, if I need to focus, I can put on music. Even, you know, some people are like, oh, I put on classical music. I'm like, no, I, I want 
I want words. I want all, <laughs> I want yeah. the music I like. It, it's okay. Like it just, it, it'll, it like settles my mind. So I, yep. I think, um, Binaural beats. I actually, I listen to a lot of binaural beats and whether, um, you know, the frequencies, whether or not it adjusts the brain frequencies. I absolutely love binaural um, beats. So the other thing I want to add there too is you can't think your way out of a feeling. Um, and I'm not a psychiatrist or I'm not even trained in the brain or anything like that. I just know this in my own, I've heard it in my own experience. You can't think your way out of a feeling. You've got to replace a feeling with a feeling. So when you use that music, and I was just saying about music has this beautiful way of communicating emotions. So mm -hmm. it's it's a quick way for us to reset and get exchange that feeling that we have with this other feeling. Uh, you know, when you're having a bad yeah. day and you can sit down uh, and hear this melody, you know, this beat and then this melody. And it's like, oh, here comes this feeling. I'm not thinking, I'm feeling. And you can get that exchange to say, hey, this is it. This is the day. You know, today's going to be a great day. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. I think it's just such a, it's such a important, and it's funny, like, I had the same thing, like, no one in my family was, I mean, like, my mom liked music, but nobody ever played any instruments or anything like that. And, and I right. still, like, we have a piano in the house that none of us can play, but I'm like, we're taking lessons, like, it's going to happen. Like, I just believe, like, <laughs> it's an important thing for, I want to learn to play piano, but I think it's just an important thing for my kids to have you know, kind of access and exposure to um, music at, at whatever level that, that they're interested yep. in. So I, I, I love it. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get in touch? I think the best way, man, is physicianwellsystems.com. Um, and that's just the home base for everything. You can literally click on a link and schedule a time to meet with me face-to-face -face in the virtual world. It's just really easy to get there, physicianwellsystems.com. From there, you know, the, the whole internet or the social media stuff, you know, our team does, puts, works on a lot of that stuff. But the, the website is the easiest way, I mean, a direct connect with me. And you don't have to be a physician. I love sharing these. The byproduct of Physician Well Systems um, are available to everybody, and whether it's my attention, my time, if I can connect you with somebody, that's the other, I've got a podcast called Real Estate Mogul MD. And this, I mean, you probably know this, the people that I get to talk to, it's, it's extraordinary, you know, just to get to talk with amazing people. But along that journey, I've collected those, uh, those resources and those connections. And I love if that's the minimum that I could do for people is just uh, connect you with somebody else, then hey, maybe maybe that was my why for the day, huh? Yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, my last question for you, Brett, piece of advice for people trying to get started in real estate. They hear this, they're inspired by your story um, and they want to get going. What would you tell them as, as far as, you know, kind of those first few steps? I, I think about this question all the time and it's going to come down to realizing where you're at and where you want to go. Understanding your why, I mean, know your why is really important. You don't like for me, you don't ha even have to have it pinned down. Just a general idea of where you want to go. And what does that look like? Who do you need to become to be that? Who do I need to be to have a hundred unit apartment building if that's your goal, right? Who, what does that look like? I can start breaking that back and understanding that sometimes it's not even about um, hooking up with a real estate agent or, you know, where am I going to get this money? It's, it's understanding where you want to go first. 
Who do I need to become to be there? Work myself back. As I said before, when you get the person right, the portfolio will follow. And then from there, take a step back and look around you. Everything that you need to do what you that you want to do is it's been given to you. That infinite mindset um, of making those connections, everything is there, that, that positivity feel. And it's, that's where it gets difficult, Jason, because it's going to be different for every person. Where are you at with your finances? Where are you at with your career? Uh, where are you at with your relationship, which is huge, uh, with a husband or a wife? And uh, what's that look like in, in five years, in 10 years? Because then if it's somebody who's just getting started or somebody who's maybe into their career, all the other things fall away. I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have the resources. I don't have anybody around me. Guess what? You know, we started this conversation, Jason. That was me. That was me. And now look back through our conversation. Look how happy I am overcoming all of those things. So um, it's important who you surround yourself with and that you start talking about it. Start talking about it is the biggest thing. You could, you could start in your backyard or you could, you know, um, find the right syndication, uh, learn how to ask the right questions to vet them, become a limited partner, start building relationships that way. You could start with a single family house. It's, it's all about where you want to go, who you need to become to get there. And then association to dissociation uh, of the people around you. Understand that you've got everything you need. You just got to ask the right questions. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I think, uh, it's all there. I think the, um, the, the lack of available knowledge is, is not, it's not a thing. It's not, it's, you can find out there's anything too much. you need to, it, there's, there's too yeah, much, right. Now. There's Sometimes too much really like you, but yeah, yeah. You, the, the excuse of, I didn't know, or I, I didn't know how to find, like it's, we just have too much technology now to not be able to, you know, kind of, if, if, to, to, to achieve goals, right? It's there. If, if you want to, it's, it's accessible. If you want to, if you want to put in the time and, and effort to do it. So it's, it's just, um, just, it's just figuring out what those goals are really, I think is what it comes down to. And like you said, like, what do I want my life to look like? So, mm -hmm. um, Brett, it's been great. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show and, and sharing like you did. I think, uh, people will get a ton of value out of this episode. So thank you very much. Awesome. I really appreciate it. And you know, all those beautiful things that, that the listeners hear coming out of my mouth, just remember, it takes constant tuning, just like these instruments we've talked about, the piano, uh, the guitar. It takes constant tuning every day to be able to live that life and believe what I'm saying. It's not it's not all sunshine and rainbows. So let's not all, let's not get that mixed up. We, have, <laughs> we need to tune our instruments every single day to something that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, folks listening, I know you're going to get a ton out of this, ton of value out of this episode. Please like, rate, and review the show so we can get more great guests like Brett. And thank you all for listening. Hey there, I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast, where we explore the why behind success. Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors, and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why?